It's a Texas showdown in the postseason, and Bet Online is your number one source for all of your baseball wagering info. And when I say Texas showdown, of course I mean it's a showdown to see who's going to lose to the Phillies in the World Series. Am I right, folks? I'm not trying to jinx anything, okay? I know a 2 nothing lead is not a series win. I am not jinxing anything said. Said. But, anyway, Bet Online, number one source, all the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. We have everything you need to stay up to speed on each LCS all the way through to the World Series. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first episode. BetOnline, where the game starts. Enjoy the show. Well, Quigs. This isn't a hockey-related intro, even though the Flyers have played three games at this point, but I need to talk about it. The Atlanta Braves fucked around and found out. Oh, they found out, Steve. They found out real hard. It's an amazing time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. I know the Birds just lost to the New York Jets, but we don't want to talk about that because that sucked. But they're still 5-1. and Who cares? And... The Phillies are currently in the National League Championship Series playing the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're up 2-0 as we speak right now. And hopefully they can make short work of the Diamondbacks. That'd be nice. I went Monday night. It was amazing. But for me, beating the Braves is so cathartic because I've been a Phillies fan, I mean, my whole life, but really actively since the early 90s. And the Braves dominated the NL East in the 90s. I think they had like 14 straight division titles or something. It was miserable. So I have a deep-rooted hate for the Atlanta Braves. The only franchise I probably hate more in sports is the New Jersey Devils with noted war criminal Scott Stevens. I mean, as it should be, you know. As it should be. Absolutely. But the, the greatest thing about this series as a Philadelphia fan is that the Braves antagonized Bryce Harper and the concept of fans and sports in general and were mocked mercilessly, just annihilated by the city of Philadelphia. It was glorious. Yeah, what he said was just weird. Like, I don't understand. Like, what are you, anti-fans? It's so strange. You're a professional athlete and... You don't have a salary if not for the fans showing up in the seats every day. So Spencer Strider is the athlete. If you don't follow baseball, Uh, Spencer Strider had this quote, get rid of the fans. It's too loud. It's too loud. Everybody be quiet. We don't need the cheering. We know you're watching. I don't need the fans. Now, was this tongue in cheek? Was it sarcastic? I don't know. But it wasn't something to say before you go in to Philadelphia, Citizens Bank Park, one of the most rabid baseball stadiums you ever go to, especially in the playoffs. Now, was he saying that about baseball fans in general or just Philadelphia sports fans? It was, I think he was saying that about baseball fans in general, but I'm not <laughs> sure, but it's like, a weird take. That's a really it's weird, a weird thing take. To say. 
It's a really weird thing because we all watched the games during peak COVID when there was nobody in the stands and we all agreed it was weird. It was weird. Like, so what? Is he saying that he would rather do that? Just play in an empty stadium with no one there? Right. And again, was he being sarcastic? I don't know. But don't just shit that gets lost in translation that you shouldn't say because everybody jumped all over it. Everybody just mocked him to hell and back. Yeah. And Spencer Strider's a very good pitcher, but man, he sure is stupid. He sure is stupid. That was a weird thing to say. I don't know. Yeah. That's a dumb thing to say. I don't know what he was thinking. Maybe he wasn't thinking. I have no idea. But uh, even if he was being ton and tongue in cheek, like dude, People aren't going to be able to tell over text. You give Philly sports fans an inch and they will take a mile and a half. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, we are not, we're going to jump all over that. We're going to mock it all night. It doesn't matter. And the other thing that happened was one of the, I believe it's the second baseman on the Braves, Orlando Arcia, said, so in the second game in the series, the game ended on a a fly ball that the center fielder caught and then threw mm-hmm. and they got, they tug out uh, Bryce Harper to end the game. And apparently in the locker room afterwards, Arcia was saying, boy, Harper and just laughing it up about that. And word got back to the Phillies locker room and Bryce Harper in a very Michael Jordan fashion took that personally. And <laughs> the look he gave Arcia. So he, Harper comes up in, Game three. And it's just a bomb of a home run. Just a monster home run. And he's... Actually, I think he hit two home runs in that game. And he stared down Arcia both times. Both times, yeah. And it's just a stone cold, you know, rotten hell look. So, this is kind of a tough question to ask. um, Because it's kind of two separate eras and two separate sports. But I do... And one of them is very fresh. But I want to ask anyway. What do you think is cooler or more iconic? The Bryce Harper stare down or the Allen Iverson step over? The Allen Iverson step over is the most iconic. Like it's maybe the most iconic trash talk picture ever taken. Yeah. Sadly, it wasn't a series win. So Exactly. That's the, the thing. The Bryce Harper stare down if the Phillies win the title this year will go down as like maybe a, I don't know if it's a more significant moment because I don't think you're ever going to get a better picture than the Iverson step over. Like, it's just, it's insane that how great that picture is. It's one of the all time greats. The Harper stare down was magnificent though. And he was doing like the throat cutting motion. And I've said this before about Bryce Harper. He's maybe the best free agent signing in Philadelphia sports history, period. He has transformed this franchise. He has injected them with a life, and he's actually stepped up in a way that I don't think a big free agent in Philly sports history ever has. Right, yeah. No, I mean, he's... I think we... I can't remember if we talked about this last week or the week before. I really don't remember. But, like, you know, for the longest time... Joel Embiid was, I I feel like he was like the guy in the city. Like out of all the Philadelphia sports athletes, Joel Embiid was like, you know, the king. And he's still up there for sure. He's like, oh yeah, you know, he's up there. But right now, how can you say anyone, like give give the keys to the city to Bryce Harper right now? 
I mean, he's just he's exactly what Phillies fans were hoping he would be when they signed him to that contract. And then some. He's been he he steps up at every moment that he needs to. He's clutch. He's clutch. He is consistent. Um, and he just has that Philadelphia attitude ever since he came to Philly. He, I mean, like, you know, people could call it pandering, but like he has just been all about this city and this team since the second he came to Philly. And like right now, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to kind of, you know, right now, Bryce Harper is the king of Philadelphia sports athletes, even over Jalen Hurts and Joel Embiid. <laughs> Even over Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts is pretty damn great. Like, Jalen Hurts is one of the most accountable guys I've ever seen up there. And I love him, but Harper's the guy, man. He's a bona fide superstar, and he's backed it up. And, like, the vibes of that team right now, and this is really why I wanted to start off talking about it, because it's just, it feels so good having a team this fun. And this is a team maybe a year and a half ago saying, I hate this team, ugh. But, like, no, ever since they made that run last year, They've just been a blast, and they've gotten more and more fun. I mean, Harper spraying Kyle Schwarber with beer going, you're so sexy. Hilarious. <laughs> it's great. Uh, Bryson Stott walking around with bib overalls, grabbing as many bud-heavy aluminum bottles that he <laughs> can and stuffing them in the overalls. Hysterical. Like, these guys are maniacs, and I love them. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't like to think about it as like, a perspective to the flyers because like I so desperately want even a quarter of that for the flyers, but like, it's just fun. I'm enjoying it. I'm soaking it in. And like, yeah, I mean, the other thing from that locker room was (laughs) after they clinched the series against the Braves, there was the rookie Orion Kirkering, which hell of a name, by the way, Orion Kirkering. And he was, he had a custom attaboy Harper shirt that he was wearing in the locker room when they were all celebrating. Like these guys, they will take the shit talk, they'll use it as a banner, and they'll kick your ass with it. Like, I went to the game Monday, I think they hit, like, four solo home runs, or three or four solo home runs. It's just, it's a crazy atmosphere, and, man, it's awesome. And I, I just, the other thing is, the Braves might as well have put a Braves hat on the Rocky statue, because that's Honestly. the fuck around that all the fans do. They come in, they're like, we're gonna take pictures with the Rocky statue, and it's the curse, it's the kiss of death every time. Yeah, no, I swear to God. And like, I don't know, there's something about this team playing in this city and in that building. Like, you're not, if you're a visiting team, you're not winning at Citizens Bank Park. Like, it's just not happening. Right now, could, could, I feel like you could reasonably say that Citizens Bank Park for playoff baseball is like the home field advantage in sports or at least one of them. It's incredible. I mean, they're what? Aren't they like undefeated at home in the playoffs for like there's for this run? Yeah, for the yeah, there's some sort of streak or something or like the, the the they haven't lost a game since the the Astros series. Yeah, and that was the the World freaking Series last year. You know they they have they're just dominant there. I mean, number one, it's a hitter friendly park, so that helps them because these guys can ball out. They can hit bombs. Yeah, but. On top of that, like, it's just, we're hostile, man. We are hostile, but we're also so supportive. Just hearing people singing along with the warm-up songs for, like, a minute after yeah. like, the guy came, after the song stopped playing, we're still singing along. Bryson awesome. Stott, like, you know, ayo, ayo, okay. Yep. Like, everyone You can just, hear that, like, a mile away from the stadium. Yeah, you can hear, 
like even you know on the broadcast you can hear the crowd still going after it like uh, literally a minute later it's it's really cool like the this that stadium just is crazy about the Phillies and it's it's really cool to so for those who don't know like I'm not a huge baseball guy I haven't been a big baseball guy for most of my life but like watching last year's Phillies and this year's Phillies, I'm starting to become a little bit of a baseball guy now. Like it's just they're fun, and this how is can what you, the sport should be? Yeah, like how can you not love this kind of atmosphere right now? Like it's you, you can't miss it. You don't want to miss it. Sports should be fun, and this is just really fucking fun. Yeah, this is. is as fun as it gets, and this is like what I desperately want for my hockey team. I just want to have fun with my hockey team. So while the Phillies were having an amazing time Monday and Tuesday, and by the way, just again, I went Monday, shout out to Jason who from broad street hockey, who had an extra ticket and invited me. It was amazing. One of the best atmospheres I'd ever been in and uh, so much fun. But while this was all happening, the flyers had their home opener and Sadly, it might have been one of the most sparsely attended home openers I've ever seen. No one was because there. of the Phillies game. Yeah. Well, and the uh, the soccer friendly at uh, Lincoln Financial Field. So I didn't even know about that until I watched Sports Center this morning. Yeah. And they were talking about it. Yeah. There was a soccer game, baseball game, and hockey game all happening basically at the exact same time in the exact same uh, like sports complex. So. Pretty but wild. for those of you, it was pretty wild. But for those of you who did brave their way out there and sat down and, and watched that hockey game, it was a pretty good hockey game. It was very good. It was, yeah. I, I'll be honest with you, that's the best Flyers performance I've seen in possibly years. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not arguing with you. It was it, great. It's been a while. It was a great game. That is legitimately one of the best games I've seen them played, and I can't tell you how long. It was yeah. awesome. and It was awesome. Yeah. They beat the Vancouver Canucks 2-0. And, I mean, number one, a shutout this early in the season. That's very not Flyers to happen. And the most remarkable thing to happen, return of the Coots, return of the Coots. Sean Couturier scored his first goal in, do you know how long? December 10th. 2021 that's bonkers that is crazy to think about it was awesome so sean couturier scored i'm sure you all know about that if you're listening to this podcast i sure as shit hope you saw that sean couturier goal because it ruled it was awesome it energized me i was texting everybody i knew i was like yeah i know we're all excited for the phillies but you gotta check out this coots goal so he had a shoot or not a shootout but it was a penalty shot goal which I couldn't believe they gave him the penalty shot, but I'll I'll take it. And he made this just very sick, like, he kind of skated sideways in and then just, like, shifted and slammed at home. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, he, like, turned his back to the goalie. First of all, let me say this. Thatcher Demko was, like, out of control good. He was actually, honestly, he was the best goalie in the game. And Carter Hart got a shout out. the Iron Lady. (laughs) Carter Hart got the shout out, and Demko was better than him. He just got Demko's save. Was it Scott Lawton late in the game? He made that insane save. Scott on? Lawton. Yeah. Oh, poor Scooty Lutz, man. Scooty Lutz made a great move. I think it was a two on one. It was a two on one. Yeah. I think 99% of the time that puck goes in, but Demko made an insane, insane save on Scott Lawton. And just 
props credit where credit's due it was insane i mean that's the save of the year now granted we're only <laughs> three games three into games the in. season but still that's the save of the year right now i mean it was incredible so i, I listen like w- what an incredible performance um from sean couturier though i i mean that goal on the shootout it was it was outstanding his first game back at home in forever regular season that is and he was just he looked like old coots. He looked like vintage Sean Couturier. And it's great to see it because especially after, you know, him missing practice on Monday, there was a lot of uneasy stomachs in Philly. A lot of people are like, oh God, is he is this gonna be another situ like injury situation where a guy just disappears and like, you know, just vanishes into the abyss and never to be seen from ever again. Like that's, the entire slack was in shambles. They right. Just like, here we go. Yeah. It was, oh boy. It was rough. Here we go again. And it, honestly, like that makes sense because you look at it and it's just like, well, he's had these injury problems and it's not like he's ever been, you know, a beacon of health. He's always kind of been prone to injury. Not, not what he's dealt with the last couple of years, but he's, he's got, he gets banged up a lot. Um, but for him to play on Tuesday night and then have the performance he had, you can't help but be over the moon about it. Eamon popped into the slack and said something along the lines of the hockey gods had to curse us with this Sean Couturier injury because he was just simply too good for the Philadelphia Flyers. You know, like that's how it really felt. Like we had too good of a player, too complete of a player. So of course he had to be stricken down with just this horrific back injury. It's been awesome to see him like he is. Like, I was really big on the tank train the past couple years. I'm not going to be mad if they tank this year, but I'm not going to be mad if they win this year. And seeing stuff like Sean Couturier back in action like this, it's just fun. It makes me feel good as a, to be a Flyers fan again. Yeah, like, I know a lot of people are, are still going to want to be on the tank train again this year, but, like, listen, if the Flyers are winning games and they're fun to watch. Cool. That's good. That's a good thing. Like you shouldn't, it's a good thing. You shouldn't want a fun team to be bad. And just because maybe they can get a lottery ticket in the draft. Like that's not the right. And now listen, I like last season, I was saying the same thing. I was saying, Oh yeah. Like this is the year to tank. This is the year to get a high draft pick. But that was last season's NHL draft. Like that was Connor Bedard, baby. Yeah, exactly. Mishkov. Now Adam Fantilli, who by the way, apparently looks like you. Yeah. Who said that? Someone said that I look like Adam Fantilli. Was it Kurt? It was Kurt. Yeah. I don't know if I look like Adam. I mean, I look a little bit like I could see some resemblance there. I can kind of see it, but. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, now that I'm looking. There's yeah, a resemblance. I, I wouldn't necessarily say you guys could pass for brothers, but there's definitely a resemblance. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like this year, if the Flyers perform better now, granted, there are some good prospects in this coming draft. Like you got Macklin Celebrini. He's going to be great. And then you got Cole Iersman. So that's pretty awesome too. But if they're winning games, it's not the end of the world. That's good. At the end of the day, you want the Flyers to win games. That's kind of the whole point of this whole thing. And plus, the Flyers got Matvey Mishkov coming. Yes, yes. he's coming. He is, in fact, he's coming. coming. When? Cutter Gauthier is coming. Yeah, like, that's exciting too. Like Cutter, I think is going to be a, a fantastic player. And you've got a couple of young guys that are already worth watching that are already with the team. Where you've got Cam York, you've got Tyson Forrester, you got Bobby Brink. 
Yeah. And l- let me say this. Like, just because the Flyers – we're three games into this thing. So – and they're 2-1-0. I'm sure there are some people saying, like, you know, watching that Tuesday, that home opener, thinking, oh, my God, could this be a playoff team? And then it's just like, <laughs> no, it probably isn't. Like, more than likely it probably isn't because they still just don't have that kind of talent. But – my God, if they win, if they finish the season as like the ninth or 10th worst team in the NHL, whatever, man. Like as long as they're performing, as long as it's not impossible and nauseating to watch their games, that's a step in the right direction. That's what you want to see. I wouldn't say curb your enthusiasm, but I'd say curb your expectations. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like I, this isn't a good hockey team but they're going to beat some bad teams, right? They're going to beat teams at their level because number one, Tortorella prepares them to do that. And number two, like they're not, I don't know if they're quite as bad as we made them out to be. They're not very good, but like they got some talent, man. Like Travis Konechny, very good player. Mm -hmm. Seeing Sean Couturier back at this level is awesome. And you know, there are talented guys. Cam Atkinson's back and he looks all right. I wouldn't say he looks great so far, but yeah. he also hasn't played hockey in over a year. Right. Yeah. Like, I think he actually looked a little more rough than Coots um, Tuesday night, but well, no, I, but I Coots looked great. So um, Atkinson didn't have exactly a great performance. But um, yeah, like, listen, I, I was listening to, I think it was a 31 or 31, 32 Thoughts podcast and. I think Elliot Friedman said something along the lines. He was basically saying like, yeah, I think the Flyers are going to be like in the running for Macklin Celebrini. I think they're that bad. And he was essentially saying like, who are they going to beat? Like who in their division are they going to beat? And I'm like, well, <laughs> Columbus for sure. Um, they don't have an actual head coach at the moment. And, uh, you know, they, they're not exactly deep and they're a pretty mismanaged franchise. So, um, you know, the, I, uh, let me say this. I, I feel like the Flyers, I, I don't think they're going to be good this season. But I don't think they're going to be like this bottom-dwelling team. I, I think John Tortorella is too good of a head coach to allow that to happen. And I do think they have enough talent that can take them a little bit further than they would have been able to go last year. Yeah, I, I consistently see these projections that have them as one of the bottom two, three worst teams in the league. I'm not sure I entirely believe Yeah, that. me neither. Like, there's yeah. some real bad teams out there. Like, there's some bad yeah, teams. Really bad. So, yeah. I would not quite put the Flyers in that category right now. And let's just go along for the ride. Let's see what happens. I, I don't think the projections are worth shit at this point. And I don't really care. Like, I don't have expectations for this team. Let's see what happens, you know? So they're 2-1-0. They beat the Blue Jackets on opening night in Columbus, 4-2. That was a Mm -hmm. a fun game. Good time. Uh, They lost the Senators 5-2, but they were in that game for a while. The Senators really just broke it open in the third period, but they were were in it. Well, I... I never felt in that game that... The Senators were way better than the Flyers. Let's be fair. I I never felt watching that game that the Flyers were like, you know, really... In it, in it, in it, in it. Yeah, I. I they were certainly playing in the game, but I, I never once thought like, oh yeah, the Flyers are going to come back and win this thing. They made it somewhat interesting for a little bit, but then the Senators are like, no, we're better. Speaking of which, Senators, eh? Eh? How about them Sens? How about them Sens? Eh? They're looking all right, Steve. 
What's uh, what the, what's their start off to? Let's see. I I know they've won. I believe they've won three games to start off. Um, they are. Let's see. Two one and zero oh, according to NHL.com. But I also believe they are winning right now against oh let's see who are they facing washington they're beating the absolute shit out of washington six to one so that team might make ovechkin retire early at this point i'll I'll be honest i'm one of those people that desperately wants to see ovechkin beat the record so i oh i want to see him beat the record because kretzky can't have every record yeah like i really really want to see that broken so i root for ovechkin pretty hard What's the projection on that? Is it this season or next at this point? I believe next season is when he's like kind of projected to pass it. Yeah, that's just exciting. You want to see records broken at some point. And given the era that Gretzky played in, it, it feels impossible that it would have, anyone would break any of those records. So it's genuinely thrilling to see a guy actually in this era come close. Yeah. So, all right. Right now he has... Oh, God. Um, 822. And he needs, what, 891? I think. Sure, let's go with that. <laughs> I, I Here, hold on. Let's see. Goal record. I think it's 891. I it might sounds be right. wrong. 894. 894. 894. I would love to see somebody with 900 plus. Like, that's just, that's just badass, man. Yeah. So basically he needs like 35 this season and 35 next season and he'll, he'll pass it. Which for Alex Ovechkin, even at this age, seems very doable. Yeah. Yeah. I think he can do it. So. Yeah. He's a very durable player too. Like he's, he's really not that injury prone in his entire career. He's been like you know, rock solid. Yeah. I just hope the wheels don't fall off like right now, you know, like at the it's, worst. And it can time. happen. Yeah. Once you hit 30, I mean, as an athlete in yeah. life, you could just fall apart. No, but as an athlete in particular, like that's where the danger zone starts. Right. And like, listen, I know we're only three games into the season. Like the caps are in the midst of their third game. And, you know, so it's just three games, but like, Ovechkin has not scored yet, so I mean, I I, I sh- probably that probably doesn't mean anything in, like very significant because it's a very tiny sample size. But like, yeah, it's not a good team either. Washington's really dropped off. Yeah, like Backstrom isn't what he was. Kuznetsov, who knows if he'll even be on the Capitals for much longer. Like, there's a lot of weird. Yeah, there, there's a lot of weird stuff going on with them. Yeah, but you know, fuck them. That's right. <laughs> that's right Steve. they're division rival fuck they've caused me a lot of pain in my life i don't need to see any joy over in washington let me tell you yeah but going back to our philadelphia flyers so two one and oh uh your points leaders through three games travis connect he's got five points three goals two assists scott lawton has three points zero goals three assists igor zamola two points one goal one assist Samola gets on the board he is not Mike Mamola he has a goal in the NHL very exciting to see Zamola get on the score sheet like that that was an awesome celebration after his first goal like it was really cool it was so like he you could tell that he had it planned out he kind of did the little uh the little you know arrow pull or whatever it was that was really cool and uh yeah yeah he's I'll tell you what man 
Zamula looks legit. Now, I'm not saying he looks like he's some sort of all-star defenseman. I'm not saying that at all. But he looks like an NHL player. And We need NHL players on this team, especially on defense. Yeah. And so I'm th- like, I know that they kind of held him out. I've, I, what was it, the second game? I think they, they benched him for it um, or just had him observe from the press box, I should say. Cause I don't think Ben, that, I think benching sounds a little too harsh for his. It really seems situation. like Torts is, is going through the rotations early on, especially with the young guys. I mean, Morgan Frost got benched in the third game, press boxed, yeah. whatever you want to call it. And as we know, Torts thinks he goes up and down like a toilet seat. I'm telling you, I, I'm still not sold on Frost either. I'm really not. Like I and listen, listen Steve, this has there, been there is a man at flyers.nhl.com that will tell you you're wrong. <laughs> listen, Sel- Seltzer's got uh or excuse me. Seltzer. Seltzer. Jesus. Meltzer. He loves his Seltzer, folks. Meltzer. Listen, I mean Meltzer's got a point. Like he because Morgan Frost did have an incredible second half to last season. But like I still want to see more of that consistency and that kind of like ability to take over a game, which I don't think I've ever seen from Morgan Frost. I don't think he's ever like taken over a game to the point where it's like every time he's on the ice, he does something incredible. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we saw that from Owen Tippett last season. We see it from Travis Konechny every night. Um, We're starting to see it from Bobby Brink. I mean, well, I shouldn't say that because it's literally – he had an incredible night on, two, on the home opener. That was great. But, like, he had one of those performances where you can, you know, everything he does seen t- turns to gold. Yeah. I have seen bursts from Brink that are extremely, extremely encouraging towards his future. Yes. But, I mean, you look at Morgan Frost, and it's just like, I've never seen him be, like, that guy where you're just like, oh, wow, who's that? You know what I mean? He's just kind yeah. of... I like Morgan Frost, and I, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. But, you know, it, it, but the, here's the thing. Right now, at this point in the season, Torts is evaluating early on, seeing what works. And at this point, also, you want to determine who needs some more time with the Phantoms because you want to get them down there. You want to get them getting regular ice time. You don't want any of these young guys sitting for extended mm-hmm. periods. Yeah. No, you don't. And so, like, I, I feel like... Right now, it's important to kind of uh, sort out who's gonna be who's gonna come out of this rotation process as the full time NHL player. Because, I mean, I can, I would imagine Frost won't be sad again next game. Um, they surely can't sit Bobby Brink after the performance he had Tuesday night. So, um, I would hope not. Yeah, like, I mean, he can't. You can't sit him after that. It was incredible. I know you don't want to break up the PhD line down there, which I can't believe our fourth line has a name again and people keep referencing it. And it's like got fucking Nick Delorier on it. <laughs> it's not the honeybees, Steve. It, is, it ain't the honeybees. That's for sure. And the P, I will say the PhD line is pretty funny considering the, uh, the guys on it, but yeah. you know, I wouldn't necessarily mind if one of those guys uh, rode the pine for a game or two. So I don't know exactly what direction they're going to go for Thursday night. Who let's see Thursday nights against, I believe Dallas or Vegas. Um, but well, Dallas sucks as we know. Right. Yeah. Oh, wait, excuse exactly me. Exactly. Not- the Dallas stars though. Do not. I'm wrong. The Edmonton Oilers. Um, Connor McDavid. Oh God. Very cool. God. Um, but like RIPD flyers, I feel like 
what they end up doing now for Edmonton is I, I feel like Frost either continues to sit in the press box or they rotate him in for Tyson Forrester, who didn't have a bad game in the home opener. He was good, but like he didn't exactly like flash that that he didn't show those flashes of brilliance that we saw from him at the end of last regular season. So, uh, and we still haven't seen that. Like even throughout preseason, he hasn't shown that. So, um, and that's not to say he's playing poorly. It's just, he's not popping off like many people were hoping he would have. Maybe they swap frost for Forrester. Um, I don't, I I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, but like we got, we got an entire fourth line with fucking, Nick Delorier, Ryan Paling, and Garnet Hathaway. We can't, we can't bear to bench one of those guys for the night. Like, get the fuck out of here! Come on, Torres. Well, all right. I'm gonna be honest. That fourth line is good. It's fine. It's good. It's a good fourth line. And but, I'm not like, saying it's. But here's the thing: your season's all about developing the young guys. I don't give a shit about any of those guys on the fourth line. Right, like, right. I don't give one single solitary shit. They could ride the bench for the entire season. I wouldn't care. And I like Ryan Paling, but like. I don't give a fuck about that. I give a fuck about the young guys. Well, that's the thing. Like, I feel like Torts is trying to play. He can't win because if he, if he can't win, cause he's trying to win. Well, well, that's the thing. Like, so he's trying to like, it's almost like he's got, he's a maniac. He shouldn't be trying to win. It's, Get out of here. Torts. It's like, he's got one foot in the river. Like he's, he's got, um, he's, he's giving the young kids a chance. So they're, he's doing this rotation type thing, but he also wants to continue winning games. And he knows that the fourth line is a good fourth line. So he doesn't want to just relinquish potentially winning games in order to develop. Fine. Like, I, I, I just think that's what's going through his head, you know? Oh, you know, you're right about that. That's what's going through his head. I'm just saying it's a fine fourth line. It's not exactly like, oh, I can't break up the PhD line. They're all geniuses. Like, get the fuck out of here. Come on. Well, I got to say, the fourth line is what got the party started against uh, Vancouver in the in the home opener. They, uh, yeah, I mean, they came out so. guns blazing to start the game, and then it led immediately to Igor Zamulo's first NHL goal. No, man. It's, uh, they make shit happen. Yeah. D'Lo is the guy who makes shit happen. He almost scored a goal. He did. He did. He's, he Definitely. hasn't been bad. Like, honestly, that fourth, um, line, that fourth line has been kind of fun to watch a little bit. So. It's been all right. The, you know, I, but here's the thing. I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about any of them. <laughs> I know you don't. Not one of those guys. I will not lose sleep if any of those guys ride the pine for any extended period of time. D- don't care. Yeah. T- Torts does. Garnett Hathaway. Get the fuck out T- of here. Torts cares. And... You know that's the name of his charity. <laughs> and Torts uh, cares. L- listen, if he sits a player who deserves to be in the NHL, like, what kind of message does that send? You know what I mean? Like, and like, granted, I know the message should be. We're talking about Nick Delorier, Garnet Hathaway, and Ryan Paling. Listen, I understand. I get what you're saying, but like, I feel like at this point, like, he's trying to say, like, listen, we're not. We're not rolling over. We're still trying to win. We're still trying to compete. Like, I understand why people are like, fuck that, bench the kids. But that's not the mind of an NHL head coach. And that's not the mind of an NHL player. Like, NHL players, if they get benched and they play well, like, they're going to be pissed about it. And that's just the way of the game. You know what I mean? Like, you can't – like, players and coaches are not going to just tank and – 
and just say like, ah, oh, screw it. Let's. Play I'm not game. saying that they they should be tanking. I'm just saying they shouldn't. I I don't care who plays on the fourth line. That's all I'm saying. Right, right. Yeah. Guys play nine minutes a night. Like I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I just rather a guy who's going to be the future of this club in two three years be getting valuable experience rather than any of those guys. Right. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, hey. John Tortorella's our coach. That shit ain't happening. The PhD's going nowhere. He that loves degree that line. staying on the wall, bitches. He's a big fan of that line. Big fan of the big men. That's what that's what's going on there. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, looking at the lineup and looking at what has worked and what hasn't so far, what who would you say has been your standout so far? Like we talked about Couturier. I think TK is an obvious standout. Yeah. He has five points in three games. How can you not say he's a standout? And I, you know, I think Scott Lawton putting his best best foot forward as he always does. That is uh the leaders on this team are stepping up. Who else would you say has been a standout so far? I think Carter Hart's been great to start. Um I mean, especially in the home opener on Tuesday. I mean, it's not easy to kind of stay in the zone when you haven't seen a shot come your way in like a whole period. And that's kind of, we all learned that lesson from the mighty ducks three. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened in, uh, in the home opener, like that second period the flyers led in shots, what, like 23 to two or something like that. It was honestly startling how far ahead they were in shots. I, I couldn't believe I was watching the modern 2023, 24 Philadelphia Flyers. It was wild. It, it was, I mean, it was an incredible performance in that second period, but like that whole time, Carter Hart was just standing. He could have been taking drinks of water mid play. I mean, he just, nothing was happening in the Flyers end. Um, and the fact that he managed to, you know, stay focused during that kind of lull and, get his sixth career shutout. That's pretty cool. Um, so he's, I think he's been good. He was good in the first game too. A little rough in the Senators game, but like I wouldn't put that all on him. I think the team in general just looked kind of rough. Um, but he's been good. Konechny's been good. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, a lot of, there's, there's been a lot of good, some good stuff. I, I mean, Brink, we talked about, he played really well in the second game. Um, or excuse me, on Tuesday night, his first game in the season opener in Columbus wasn't, as great, but um, yeah, there's there's Brink been some shows good... you those flashes like we were talking about. Like, yeah, he, he shows flashes of being a really special playmaker, which is awesome. Like he he really might go down as one of Chuck Fletcher's best moves. He could, he absolutely could. Um, you know, he was a real fine, and I, I, I think it was the second round. Um, and the whole thing with it here's here's something I, I want to say. The whole knock on him was his skating and size. And I'm very much of the belief that like size does not matter. Size doesn't matter, Steve. Um, you know, it's all about what it's all about how you use it. Yeah, it's right. And we're talking about hockey skill here. of course. Nothing else. Um, yeah. Like his knock was his size and his speed and his, well, I shouldn't even say speed. I should more just say his skating because he has like this awkward stride but, you know, right, right. dude, you know what? If he gets from point A to point B quickly, who gives a shit what it looks like? If it's ugly, it's whatever. Um, and Tuesday Listen, night. Man's making shit happen with the puck. That's what matters to me. Yeah. Like Tuesday night, we saw him do orchestrate an end to end rush by himself. He like juked a guy out of his shoot out of his skates at the Flyers end boards and then darted up ice, cut through the whole defense and then fired a shot on net. And I mean, that 
he clearly can skate well. Um, does he look awkward or does he look pretty doing it? He doesn't look pretty. No, but like, what's the matter? He's getting where he needs to go. So I it should happen. Yeah. So you can't help it. Be happy with what you're seeing from, uh, from Bobby Brink. Yeah. I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Brinkster and all those guys. Uh, I think it's also been a, a decent start for Travis Sanheim, which I will yes. say is a good thing yeah. after last season where he was just downright awful. Yeah. He had a couple, uh, you know, rough patches in the senators game. Like I remember there was that one goal where, uh, I believe it was Kachuk who was coming into the zone. Kachuk. Sanheim made a real nice play to kind of shut down his zone entry. He kind of steals the puck from him. And as he's trying to turn up ice, Claude Giroux just comes right behind him, lifts his stick, and just takes it right back like it's nothing. And then he sets I mean, up. And then he sets up Kachuk for a goal, and it's just like, goddamn. If anybody's going to do that, there, it's Claude Giroux, who yeah. not only do we know is one of the most talented players, you know, he's also somebody who knows Travis Sanheim pretty damn well. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, he didn't have a great. That wasn't a great night for him, but like. Yeah, he's been good to start the year. Real good. He's been, and that's that. We just need guys who are good. You know, we don't need like what we were saying about Zamola, right? Like, we need NHL caliber players. We don't necessarily need everybody to be the best, but we we do need some warm bodies in there that are not just god awful. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it's good to yeah. see him kind of uh, bouncing or rebounding a little bit to start the year after that just nightmare yeah. season last season. Just, an awful season and maybe getting rid of the, uh, the demons in the room. I've been are helping a little bit. Could be. Is, is there anybody that you would classify as being God awful to start the season though? Anybody that's just been a real hot turd out there on the ice. I mean, I don't want to say God awful hot turd, but like, uh, I, you would have to say Morgan Frost. I mean, he wasn't great in Columbus. He was definitely not great in Ottawa. Um, and then he got sat and he kind of deserved it. And I think, I know he was, I I feel bad for him, honestly, because, um, I remember they were doing player introductions for the home opener and, you know, it's like Travis connect and you know, all that, everyone gives a cheer. He goes through the like fire, the tunnel of fire, which is a huge, (laughs) huge hazard. I can't believe they do that. They do it a lot too. I know it's it's wild. Someone's going to like, is it, they're wearing long sleeve shirts. Someone's going to catch on fire. Um, fire! But fire! Um, but yeah, like they were showing all the healthy scratches, like uh, Felix Sandstrom, who for some reason is still on the roster. I guess Tampa's still lurking around, looking at possibly getting him. Um, but like they showed all the healthy scratches, and Morgan Frost looked real mad, sad, bummed, down bad. Like it was just. I would say that's actually a good sign, though, because. You want him to react to not being in there. You want yeah. him to want to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he was not stoked at all. Um, so I, not, I think not he stoked Steve ready for the fightings. He needs to whenever he comes back into the lineup. I don't know if that's against Edmonton, Dallas, Vegas, Minnesota. That's the next four games. I think they have Anaheim after that. Um, yeah, he needs to he needs to show that he's the same guy from the second half of last season. Um, whether, I mean, he wasn't ever the guy to pop off the screen and bring fans out of their seats and do incredible stuff that circulate on Twitter and, you know, all that, but he needs to at least be generating, uh, offense effectively. And 
my God, like do something on the power play. He just has, he's just not a good power play guy. And he's exactly the type of guy you would think would be excellent on the power play. So right. he we really need some good guys on the power play. Yeah. They've tried, they've tried, no, they've tried nothing and nothing's worked, but you know, it's like, uh, no, it's not that, but like they, I mean, they tried Tony D'Angelo and he didn't work. Right. That's all he does is offensive defense. Yeah. But like they, you would like to see something like that from him and God, they need just anybody on the power play. Anybody. Yeah. I mean, they, they got to get it going. And I don't know if Morgan Frost is going to be the guy to help with that. He hasn't exactly proved to be that kind of guy in the past, but um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, uh, yeah. yeah, there's, there's some clear area for improvement there for him. Now, what about Owen Tippett? Owen Tippett, very, very strong player last year. Big player. No points through three games. How are we feeling about Tippett so far? I'm not really worried about him. I mean, he's still making plays where, where you see him just darting through the zone, zipping right through the defense. And, like, he he hasn't scored or gotten any assists yet. But, like, I think he'll – the points will come for him, I think. I think he's in the right areas. Um, is he playing perfectly? I wouldn't say that at all. But, like – I wouldn't say he's playing poorly. I think he's just having a slow start to the season. So that's an important distinction right there. Yeah. You know, th- there are guys like Frost is playing poorly, but Tippett, slow start. There, it's an important distinction to, yeah. to make there. One of the other guys who we were hoping would really have a big year, and again, it's only three games, so we're not really talking about anybody being a disappointment at this point. Uh, Joe Farabee has a goal, mm-hmm. pretty nice goal. And I, I did get to say, oh, God, not the bees. But. You know, we have only gotten to say it the one time. He's only got one point in three games. Again, if we're talking about three games, it's as small of a sample size as you're going to get. But how do you feel about the just general play of Farabee so far in this young season? He's also had a little bit of a slow start. Um, but in the home opener, he he did put himself in position to score. Um, I believe there was a play uh, by Bobby Brink, actually. Um, I think he set up Farabee with a nice behind the net feed that like, honestly, probably should have been a goal. Um, but he just, Thatcher Demko was on just sick, sicko mode that night. So yeah, he was on another level. Like he, he was playing at like all pro mode where the flyers were at pro mode. Exactly. Yeah. Like he, honestly, he deserves some sort of cuddle or something like that. Like I feel so bad for Thatcher Demko. Give Um, that guy the underdog mask for a night. Yeah, really? (laughs) <laughs> but I think Farabee, you want to see a little more from him. Um, I, again, I don't think he's playing necessarily poorly. But, um, you know, for someone like him and as skilled as he is, and, you know, he's had a full training camp now, um, full summer of training. Like, he's he's not where he was last season, where he was just clearly behind physically and mentally and with a new head coach to deal with. Like, he's up to speed. He's in game shape. You would like to see him producing a little bit more. I think the points will come for him. Um, but yeah, you'd like to see him be a little more noticeable as well. I feel like you just, you haven't seen too much from him where you're just like, oh, wow, like he's really having a great shift. You know, like I feel yeah. like with Owen Tippett, you you still notice him in that way. Um, Farabee, meanwhile, has been a little more uh, kind of, you, you kind of have to keep your eye out for him. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I just hope we, I want to see the Farabee of old. Uh, he is such an exciting player when he's on. I want to see that guy back full time. But he did score a goal, so he's got that going for him. So 
my my last question as far as the play of the Flyers go for the evening, as far as the new additions go, you know, we had a few new guys, not really anybody that noteworthy, but, you know, some interesting guys. We got Walker, we got Stahl, Hathaway, Paling. Of these new guys, who's really made a positive impression with you so far? I feel like Sean Walker is real good. He looks really solid yeah. out there. Like, that's that's actually... <laughs> You know, Ivan Provorov must be looking bitterly over at the Flyers because that's actually a stabilizing right-handed defensive presence. Exactly, yeah. Like, Sean Walker's... Listen, he's not the kind of player who's going to score a ton of points and he's not going to do exciting things, but he's a very... He's like a, one of those low-key, like, real steady, um, just just reliable defensemen. Um, that's, I'm not worried okay, when honestly, I see Honestly, my him favorite kind of defenseman. Just like a nice, like... Steady Eddie back there. Yeah, like, um, oh, God, I, I don't want to compare him to this guy because they do play very different games. Um, I'm going to say, like, he's a little bit like Braden McNabb in the in the way that, like, Braden McNabb, even, like, he's a very physical defenseman. Sean Walker is not really nearly as physical as McNabb. McNabb, like, looks to make, like, big hits. Um, and I think he ranks towards the top in the NHL and like hits and stuff like that every year. Um, I believe so. I might be wrong, but um, McNabb's very physical, but like where they're similar is I feel like McNabb is just when he's out there, you don't really hear his name much, but that's because he's doing his job well. Um, And I feel like him and Sean Walker kind of have that similarity. Like you're not going to hear his name much. You don't really have to worry about him much. Um, You just know that like, more often than not, he's doing his job well, and he's not really going to, he's not, he's rarely going to hurt you, rarely going to help you really in terms of generating offense. But like he, he does his job. He, he does what he needs to do. And honestly, that's, that's a pretty, that's not a bad thing to have. Like, especially I'd if, say it's a very good thing to have. Yeah. I think you need to have defensemen like that. Um, so yeah, I think he's been a nice little surprise. And it, it, honestly, I, I shouldn't even say surprise because he was good in Los Angeles before he had his injury. Um, I believe he tore, what was it, his Achilles or ACL? One of the two. Um, that's Nothing bad. Yeah, well, yeah, nothing bad at all. Um, that's totally screwed him up last season. Like last season, he wasn't nearly as good as he was the year prior. That was kind of like his quote-unquote breakout year or as much of a breakout year as a you know second, third pair defenseman can have. But, like, he was very good in 21-22. And last season, he was – it was a little rough. Or was it – actually, was it 21-22 or the year before? I, I can't remember. But, um, yeah. He, a couple of years ago. La- last year was him kind of getting back into the swing of things. And this year, it, it looks like he's kind of back to being that steady Eddie. All reliable on the back end. So, and that's not to say that he he should be a first pair defenseman or um, even get twenty minutes a night. Like, I think he's a a very good, you know, bottom four defenseman, which is good. You need that. Yeah, we we certainly need it on this team. Just whatever we could get that isn't just a hot dumpster fire, we will take. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to see him performing well. And, um, yeah. And you know what, like if someone gets hurt, like, you know, that you got him to kind of count on, I, I'm curious to see if, uh, when Rasmus Ristolainen comes back, are they going to take out Sean Walker 
Like, would they take Walker out? Would they take Sealer out? What would they take out Zamula? Like, how's how's that all gonna go? Oh, I, God, if only he didn't make five million a year, you could just keep <laughs> Risto out. Because I know. Oh my God. But I got you know for a minute I actually forgot about Risto and it was glorious. I mean, he hasn't played yet, so you, you got. I know. Yeah, he's people <laughs> kind of forget that he's even on the team, but he's coming Do we back. Have a timeline. Uh, I don't know if we have time. From what I understand, I think he'll be back relatively soon. I won't be surprised if he's back this weekend. I mean, I, I honestly don't totally know. Um, I haven't been in the locker room or anything like that. So I'll, I think the next time I'll be in like the locker room will be in late October. Um, but yeah, I think... From what I think I've seen on Twitter, maybe he'll be back this weekend, but I I don't want to speculate. So, where in the world is Rasmus Ristolainen? Probably Philadelphia. I would assume. But <laughs> you never know. You never know. He could be anywhere. So uh, the I mentioned the underdog mask earlier, and people might be confused. What what does that mean? The Flyers. So. If you're not familiar, a lot of NHL teams will give something to the player of the game in the locker room, whoever they deem that to be, and they'll give them, like, a hat. Like, I remember the Rangers had the fucking Frank Sinatra fedora Broadway hat a few years ago. Uh, you know, they'll give them a token, basically, to show, like, hey, you're it's a special night for you. Yeah. Cool beans. Uh, I think the Flyers had the starter jacket last year, which was dope. I like that a lot. This year, because I guess they consider themselves underdogs, you know, I guess if everybody's counting you out, you're an underdog if you think you're better than that. But I think people are rating them fairly properly, but we'll see. We'll see. But the Flyers are considering themselves underdogs. And when the Eagles won the Super Bowl a few years ago, go Birds! They were definitely underdogs, and they were wearing this German Shepherd mask around. And that's the underdog mask. And we still use that for all sorts of Eagles stuff here and there, like... Uh, one of my favorite breweries, Brewery ARS or ours, I think it's actually pronounced in South Philly, makes an awesome Eagles IPA that uses the underdog on it. it. It's it's very, we love the underdog and the Flyers have embraced that this year. And that is the player of the game in the locker room is getting the German Shepherd underdog mask. Quiggs, what do you think about this for the, the Flyers post game ritual here? I love it. I mean, anytime they have something like this, it's kind of fun. I think they also have a chain as part of like the, the ensemble. Okay. The chain is big in sports right now in general, the giant like Flava Flav style chain. Yeah. So I don't know. I like it. I think it's fun. It pays homage to one of the greatest teams, if not the greatest team in Philadelphia sports history. So that's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's really awesome. Um, it's a fun little thing to, you know, put on at the end of the game. And I, I think my favorite thing that they did was, what year was it? Was it the 29, was it the COVID shortened year where they had the robe? Oh, the Ric Flair robe. Yeah. That was fun. I liked that one too. I really That was a good one. one. I liked the Ric Flair robe. Was it, it might've been that season. Yeah. I can't remember, but. That was a good one. That, you know what, that, I forgot about the Ric Flair robe. That was a great one. Yeah, it, that, that was fun. And yeah, the starter jacket. I think there was almost there was also a helmet, I think, that they all wore. They wore like some sort of lucky helmet recently. I can't remember. Yeah, there was the helmet. Uh, I, I like I think Ric Flair robe and starter jacket were my favorites, though. Yeah, they need to have yeah. like a 
like we, we've talked about this before on previous shows, like the uh, the gigantic baseball hat. I think that oh should be it. God, I I don't know if I'm down with the gigantic baseball hat. I think it looks so dumb. It does. That's the whole point. It's ridiculous. I, lo- I, I think it actually looks too dumb for me, and I really like dumb shit. They should make the MVP of the game wear the gigantic baseball hat and the gigantic shoes. Have you seen Jesus the gigantic Christ. shoes? I have seen the gigantic shoes. Literal clown shoes. Oh, they're bigger than clown shoes. Oh, my God. I don't know if I'm down with this. This is too much for me. I, I, I'm, I think it's My funny. old is showing. The gray in my beard is showing. I, I love it. I'm all for it. <laughs> well, you know, as an old man, what I'm all for is the Flyers brought in a new goal song this season. And it's actually a throwback to one of my favorite eras of Flyers hockey back in the like 2000 to 2010 era. And it's Van Halen's Ain't Talking About Love. It's the goal song again. Hey, hey, hey. Love it. That's I, cool. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. It's I like Van Halen rocks, man. Like Van Halen rules, man. My one of my good friends, he's a big Flyers fan, and he loves Van Halen, so he must be uh, he must be going nuts. But it's a winning competition. I know there's mixed reaction in the Broad Street Hockey Slack, but it's because everybody kind of has their own favorites. Like some people are big dupe proponents. I always thought dupe was the unions thing, and also I, I it's not my style of music, so I wasn't into that. But it was the unions thing first, so I didn't like it for that. Uh, you know, some people love their Broham. I love Broham. Broham's great. It also kind of belongs to the Ducks. Uh, but you know, I, I'm, I don't know. I've always liked the talking about love. I always love the hey hey hey. I'm into it. Broham. I'm a big Broham fan. I love because I'm a punk rock guy, so I love right. Yeah, but no Broham rules. Like I wouldn't be mad if they threw Broham in there every other game. Frankly, honestly, yeah. Just do the greatest hits. Play the hits, buddies. So yeah, we'll see. Let's do it. Let's do it, Flyers. Let's do it. All right. Also, also, I would, I do want to say, have you seen? Did you check out the video of the Flyers' newly renovated locker room? I did. It looks pretty. It looks like the restaurant Mars Twenty One Twelve. What is that? So there was this restaurant in, I think, near Times Square, in New York City, that like all the tourists would go to, and I went. My parents took me and my brother there when we were really little. It was called uh, Mars Twenty One Twelve, and it was like a Mars alien Martian themed restaurant. That was like it was essentially it was basically. Oh my god! I'm looking at it now. It was basically Rainforest Cafe, but alien themed, and it was the coolest place. Like it was extremely Holy cheesy, shit. extremely cheesy, way overpriced, but it was fun. It was like legitimately fun. I loved my. I think we went there only once, but like. I still think I remember it so vividly. It was one of the best days of my life. It was like, it was one of those like real vivid childhood memories you have that you just won't forget. And you just think about Oh yeah. Like really fondly Mars 2112, man, that was the place. Like, I, I can't believe I didn't know this place existed. This is blowing my mind. I want to go there now. Yeah. They I have, can't, but I want to, they have people dressed as aliens all over the place. It's real creepy. It's yeah. Chicken fingers and fries to die for. I'll tell you what. There you go. Just there incredible. you go. Now that I'm seeing this, there was a, and I think you should leave sketch that took place in a restaurant like this. So I wonder if it was based on that, because I remember looking at the sketch and just thinking it was like a kitschy, like sci-fi themed restaurant. And it must be based on that. The premise of the sketch is there's this, this guy out on a, 
I forget if it was a date or if he's just out with a friend, but like, let's just call it a date. He's out on a date with somebody and they're having a serious conversation and like they have like an alien head on the wall who like razzes the customers yeah. and then he takes personal offense and has an argument with the alien head. And it's, it's a great sketch, but um, that's what I was reminded of looking at this. But yeah, I can see with all the orange hues and everything, how the locker room looks like that. It looks like the inside of Mars 2112. It's so funny. I, I love it. And it's a damn shame 20... that it, cl- it closed in 2012, 100 years too soon. Well, they thought the world was ending. Oh, it's fucking stupid. The Mayan calendar, and they had to close, <laughs> get their profits to get on the shuttle to Mars to open up the restaurant in 2112. Yeah. Mars, Mars 2112 <laughs> was the shit. Bring it back. Mars 2112. <laughs> I didn't know about that. But yeah, the, the locker room is nice. Like, they've done a really good job building up the Wells Fargo Center again just for the Sixers to move out. It, it's going to look great when it's all done with that. What is it? That, like... Uh, it's going to have like those TVs outside and then those like st- not string lights, whatever, whatever they're called. Um, <laughs> they put up some string lights yeah, they got on Amazon. That's str- But like those, those long lights that are, are going to go outside that like they're going to, when the flyers are playing it, they'll be orange and it's, it's going to look cool. So yeah. I was sad that I missed out on the new food tasting this year. I was supposed to go to that, but I, they, they bumped up the time because of the Phillies and I just couldn't make it work with my work schedule. So I, I couldn't go, but I'm bummed because it was a lot of fun last year when Kelly and I went and, and tried all the food and everything. And uh, they've just done a really nice job. Like the club level looks so much better. Yeah. The seating's a lot better. Like they've really revamped the building in a nice way. I will give major kudos to the Flyers on that. I also really want to go to the food tasting, but it was on a weekday. And it was I, a weekday I, I, I work at, like, so like I right. Couldn't. So do I. <laughs> I work in South Philly and I couldn't make it. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like if it was on a weekend, I would have driven up there. I don't even care. Honestly, when I did it last year, it was at lunch. So I, I just went at lunchtime. I just took my lunch break and went. Oh, yeah. And this time it was just bumped up to the end of the work day. And I just, I had a lot going on. I just couldn't make it right, work. Yeah. I wanted to, but what are you going to do? But, you know, hey. You live, you learn. But regardless, the Flyers are doing a great job with the revamp. That's definitely one area where they've been crushing it. And keep on crushing it. Keep on revamping the Farg. And I, I'm I'm happy to see the repurposing of a building rather than the unnecessary demolition yes, to yeah. build up a new one. Like, there's no reason to do that. It's got good bones. Yeah. Keep it. You know, keep going. Just keep it. Just keep it going. Keep it going. All right, folks. That's it. But it was a fun one. Great to talk about the Flyers again. Great to talk about hockey. That matters, however much current Flyers hockey matters. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on, I guess, Twitter. I'm really kind of transitioning away. It's getting worse and worse. But I'm still on Twitter, X, whatever you call it. You can reach me at Flyperbole or at Estebaum. I'm doing Blue Sky a lot more. So follow me on Blue Sky if you can. Estebaum, Flyperbole. I'm also on Instagram. We'll answer your messages on Instagram. I'll, I'm trying to post a little bit more on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm old. Still don't really know how to use TikTok, but it's there. Quigs, anything to plug? And where can the people find you on the socials? Not much to plug. You can find me at Ryan Quigs with a Z on Twitter slash X, whatever you would like to call it. And then I'm also on Blue Sky. You can find me on Instagram at Ryan Quigs with a Z. Uh, that's pretty much it. I think go Phils. Excellent. Oh yeah. Go Phils. I am stoked. Baby said, said 
All right, folks, we're going to head out of here. Thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate you. Be sure to rate the new feed, okay? Rate the new feed. That will help us get exposure to be out there, okay? We want you... We, we want to spread the word for the new BSH radio. We got a couple new shows that are going to be premiering soon, which is awesome. Kelly's back with checking out the competition. Kelly crushes it with checking out the competition. She does such a good job. Definitely go check that out as well. But be sure to check out the new feed. Subscribe. Five stars, please, and thank you. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. And once more, just wanted to remind y'all that this show was presented by Bet Online. Be sure to check them out and use the promo code BLEBLEAV, V as in Victor at the end there, for 50% bonus on your first deposit. Thanks, folks.